All right, cool. I think now's a good time to um, to sort of jump into the blueprint and talk more about your personal journey and sort of more what your day to day looks like. Um, one of the things I'm really curious about is, you know, you're working on these, all these different things, all these really cool, interesting product uh, projects. Um, and people usually see like the end product or they see the headlines. Um, what I'm curious about is the nitty gritty, like on a day-to-day basis, what does your to-do list look like when you're working on, uh, you know, that grasping model or when you're working on Voltex? So for me, I like to, like one thing I've recently done, especially with my to-do list is like, I think just make them a lot more simple. Um, like I used to have a very over-optimized system before. And so one thing I've recently done is like, um, like I, I like to just write things out in my calendar. So I'll kind of do time blocking, but less of time blocking, but more of like me just mapping out during this block of time, like more focus blocks. I'm like, I'll work on this. And that's something that's really been helping me. So like on a day-to-day basis, that's usually what I do. Like I'll have two to three focus block hours on you know, the robotic stuff, or I'll do two to three focus hours on Voltex. And if we have like stuff to do and finish, we'll, we'll work on that during that time period. So usually that's like how I've been spending my time is breaking it up into chunks. And then I think that's also a really good way because when you look at it overall, you're able to, to see like how much time you spent on each thing. So I really like that. Cause after a week, like I'll go through everything and be like, okay, I spent like five hours this week on like this task, but like, was it actually worth it? Or was it like a good way that I spent my time? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just like a side, I guess, kind of thing about how I, I like to structure my to-do list. But I'd say on a day-to-day basis, it's more around, a lot of it is like usually hands down, just like building the model um, or it's just like having a lot of calls and meetings. So we're like talking to the companies that we're working with or, I have like a team meeting and we're just like going over some of the stuff that I've done, like syncs um, and stuff like that. So I tried to kind of lower that to a minimum too, because I want to have more focus time. But when I'm not doing those like focus blocks, outside of that, usually I'll have like calls and meetings. When, when you're doing all this, you know, I imagine it gets pretty like heavy at times or like some there, maybe there are times where you've got a lot on your plate and maybe you're sort of stressed out. Um, what sort of serves as your like North star ideology or beliefs that sort of motivate you to do all the things that you do? Yeah, I think so overall there's like this kind of framework and it's been really interesting because I've talked to a lot of people just during the quarantine and, and whatnot. And like, it's interesting how a lot of people don't frame failure this way. And a lot of, I think, what motivates me is just taking that risk Um, because I think people, like as humans, we tend to overestimate or over plan almost when is the right time to do certain things. But I think there's no better time to do it than like now. Um, And the way I like to frame it is like, if you fail, like what's the worst case scenario? Like you're just going to end up at your base state and like your base state is the state that you're currently at is like fine in itself. So like really there's like not a lot to lose, but there's potential high upside. Like if you succeed at something, you're just going to even like learning a lot is potential high upside. Um, And I think like people usually have a very negative reaction, right? Like we've all heard that quote of like, it's not the situation that happens, but it's the way you react to it. That's in your control. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that, but I think the reason for that reaction is because before even like doing that task or setting that goal, we almost have this high standards of like, what is, what it feels like to be good at that or succeed at that thing. And I think when you set those expectations for yourself, when you fail, you're just going to have that negative reaction of like fear or like sadness and regret. So that's like something that's helped me is like going into everything. I almost have this certain sense of like skepticism, like with Voltex, like maybe it all fails, right? Like none of it works. Like we end up realizing that our solution doesn't actually work that well or whatever, but that's fine because we just learn a lot. And if you're okay with that reality, then continue working on that thing, right? Um, and so for me, that that mindset has helped a lot to have a good reaction when failure does happen, but also to take that initial risk, right? Because again, your base state is the worst case usually, right? And the best case is just you succeeding at that goal. Mm-hmm. That's a really that's a really nice way of thinking about it. I think I think that'll be really valuable to anybody listening. And also just as an aside, since you talked about Voltex again, I just wanted to uh, congratulate you um, on all the amazing things that have been happening recently. I mean, uh, the the Masason Foundation has recognized you. You're also, um, forgive me, I'm forgetting the name right now, but it's like On, an on Deck Fellowship or, or something like that. Uh, could, could you talk to us a little bit about, about that? Yeah, so the On Deck Fellowship is, so basically me and my co-founder are both taking part in the Founders Fellowship. Um, so it officially starts like from next month, but we've been just part of this really awesome community and it's just a community of, of founders and builders that are working on building the next like next gen products or working on um, just like entrepreneurial paths. And so for me, it's been really exciting just like connecting with people in the community because all of them are like very awesome and, and it, it, like very, very smart, but they also are very good at a certain niche. And I think that's what makes these communities really effective is like people that are, you know, specialized in their areas, but then they're able to help each other out. Um, so we've just been kind of doing that, that fellowship where we're learning more about, you know, what it takes to build a really good product. And um, so that's been just a good experience learning from other people. Um, but also like, it's a good way for us to kind of scale full text. We have certain goals and metrics that we want to meet so we hope to use the program to kind of help us, help us get there. You know, you've worked on a lot of things the, you know, the past two or like year and a half, maybe. Uh, you've done things in blockchain and AR and VR and now AI robotics. Having, you know, tried all these different things, what led you to eventually settle on, um, you know, this engineering AI focused path is the one I want to be on? just for anybody who might be struggling to figure out what they want to focus on. Yeah. I think like it's been interesting because like, this is an advice or, or just thing that I tell everyone. I'm like, like, because you, like, if you're starting out young, that's, that's fine. That's good. But really the benefit of that is the fact that you just have time to make mistakes, like try different things. Um, And most people will be okay with that because you are young. Um, and so for me, like that was definitely something I tried to do was like explore a lot of areas and I'm still like exploring a lot because I never want to stop learning and, and be complacent about that process. But for me, I think like that process was really, really, really helpful 
in helping me find what areas I'm interested in was just trying different things. And I'm still really interested in the work that I've done previously and like continuously working on that. But the way I think about it is less of like, this is the thing I'm going to be stuck on for the rest of my life, but it's more like these are just skills or almost like tools that I have in the back of my toolkit that I can always use when I'm working on a different project or if I'm working on solving a different problem. Um, because for me, I think the goal isn't, you know, necessarily applying the technology, but it's more about working on impactful projects. So things that are hard and complex, but really being able to tackle them and break them down. Um, and so if you just have all these toolkits, whether that's like web dev or blockchain, AI, blockchain, whatever, those are really just skills, right? Those are areas in which you can use um, or tap into to solve these different problem areas. So that's how I think about it. And that's the way I've always framed it in my head is how do I get the most tools that I can um, so that I, when I am working on, you know, like a, a moonshot idea or like a billion dollar company, I just know what are the ways in which I can tackle this or what's the best way to do it. So first thing, what are some of the inflection points of your life? Yeah. So for me, the inflection points, I think a lot of it started actually when I was like in middle school, that was like the first time when I got really interested, not in tech, I would say, but in just like, I think more social impact. Like I developed like a really big passion for volunteering. I remember like I literally used to spend like after school, I would spend like, I had like 2000 hours wrapped up, like even before high school. And like, I didn't need any of that, but that was just me. Cause I loved, I love volunteering and just like that aspect of stuff. Um, but, for, but for me, like, like, I think that, but also in middle school, I also joined like my robotics team. And that was like my first exposure to, I guess, like tech or just like STEM in general. And I got really interested in the process of like building things, right? Like the actual physical breaking things apart or building them. And this was like Lego mind. It wasn't anything like super, super technical, but I really enjoyed that. I think that's what really piqued my interest for my young age was like experiences like those, like having a passion for volunteering and helping others combined with like this exposure of robotics that I had. Um, and then that summer of before grade nine of high school, I actually went on a, on like service trips to Pakistan and India. Um, and it was more of like, I just got to visit rural areas. Um, like I got to visit this rural area that my grandfather lived in and, it was like all broken up, like the houses were broken up, but people were still living there. And I got to just kind of walk around and like, just see what the world was like there. And for me, that was also really eye opening was just all of these like infrastructural problems that exist there and, and still do exist to this day, like healthcare, um, like fi financial issues, energy, like there's no stable energy. Um, and so for me, like that was another turning point was like, there's so many problems in the world and we're almost like trapped in this like bubble where, where I live, which was like Canada. And so I think like all those experiences really motivated me to want to do something more. Um, and so in grade nine, I joined TKS, um, which both of you have done as well. So that, I think that was another huge, huge inflection point because I actually started to do stuff that was meaningful and, and really put that like passion that I was developing to good use. Damn, I'm, I'm really excited to know what 
other risks you're going to take in the future. So do you have any other future planned risks? <laughs> I think that's the fun thing about risks is you don't really plan them. Because like if you plan risks, I, I think there's no there's no ambiguity, right? Like it's not exciting. That's like the thing about risks that I like, which I might sound crazy, but I like taking risks because it makes you feel scared at that time. And that feeling of scaredness is what really pushes you, right? If you're not scared, you're not like it's not really a risk. Um, and you won't feel like uncomfortable doing it. So I don't really plan my risks, but as I'm kind of looking ahead, I'm I'm thinking a lot about university. So this year, I'm in last year of high school. So I'm thinking about how I want to spend my time next year. And that could mean going to university or maybe taking the path of like not even going and just like trying different things and exploring the world. Um, so that's like, I think another big decision kind of coming up in my life that I've been thinking about. But again, like I, I don't like planning risks. So I want to, yeah. when, when time comes, like I, I want to just figure out what makes the most sense. That's fair. Um, the last thing I do have to ask is quarantine sanity tips. How have you remained sane and productive during quarantine? <laughs> yeah, I think just checking in with yourself is, is really important. And so during quarantine, I've spent probably more time reflecting and just like thinking about myself and my behaviors than I usually would. Um, so like one thing that I mentioned during kind of the to-do list was how I like to almost map out my time every every day. And then at the end of the week, I'll spend time reflecting on how I spent my time. Um, and that's like very work oriented, right? Like it's more about, you know, what things did you work on? Did, did you find, were you excited? Were you actually happy doing those things? Or did it feel like something you were forced to do? Um, those are the types of things I like to tap into. So more like feeling-based questions around, around what excited you the most. And I think usually if, if you have a map of that and if you're able to create almost a scenario where you have reflections for each week and then within a month you look back at like those four reflections and you almost start to see patterns between things that you like to do and things you don't like to do. Um, that's been really helpful for me because during quarantine, what I've realized also is like there's endless opportunities and things you could be working on in your life, but really you should spend your time the way that you find most meaningful and most exciting and so make sure what you're doing you're actually happy and you're excited because if you're not you're not gonna want to do it you're gonna eventually just burn out um and not be excited so i'd say that's the biggest thing is like checking in with yourself whether that's weekly or monthly um but also i think habits are really important like for me i think i never really took habits seriously because for me I always kind of look at the bigger picture rather than like the smaller picture um so for me I'm like oh like if I do this if I don't do this one thing today like it won't actually have a big impact but it's kind of that compounding effect so just just set habits for yourself like if you're working like don't work in your bed wake up earlier um and get started like on a good note that is a slight personal attack, but in my absolute defense, <laughs> in my absolute defense, 4 a.m. coding is like prime coding time. I, I want to jump on that a little bit, Alishba. Uh, just really rapid fire. What would you think? What, what's your best habit and what's your worst habit? I think the reflection piece. It's like I think I'm really good at telling not from one thing to another. But I think I'm pretty good at being like, okay, I need to stop now. And I just need to think about what I just did. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I think I'm good at. Uh, 
a habit that I think I need to work on um, is probably just having, I think, more of a consistent sleep schedule. I think my sleep schedule fluctuates a lot based on like what I'm doing or um, whatnot. And, and I try to always wake up early, but I think just building that habit more of waking up early every day and getting enough sleep for sure is another big one. Um, Cause sleep is important. Like that's as much as you've heard it, it's very important. And so I've been trying to better understand my sleep cycle and, and what is the best for me. Nice. Nice. 100% agree with you on that. Um, okay. In the last five minutes, I just want to cover a, a few final things. Can you give us your top three uh, for books, podcasts, and thought leaders or role models you look up to? So top three, um, I'd say role models are definitely, um, right now I've been looking up a lot into, like I'd say kind of Naval Ravikant, he's he's awesome. Like he has a lot of interesting thoughts. Um, Vinod Khosla, like I don't know if a lot of people have heard of Khosla Ventures, but I think he, again, another huge thought leader. He has a lot of interesting opinions on AI as well. Like if you're someone who's into that and liked some of the stuff we talked about today, I'd recommend checking him out. He has a lot of other thoughts around some of the stuff we talked about. Um, in terms of books, like I've been just reading, um, like recently I've, I've actually just been rereading Sapiens. Um, and like, I don't know how many people have actually read Sapiens, but for me, like every time I read Sapiens, I always get a new insight because there's so much packed in that book that like every time there's like a new thing that I discover, I recommend reading that. It just talks a lot about human evolution and how we kind of evolved as, as people. Um, so for me, like that, that has always been interesting because as, as I'm thinking about my behaviors and the way I think about things, I always realize there's some aspect of like human evolution. Like if you believe in human evolution, I think there's a lot of interesting insights you can draw from that into our real life today. To wrap things up in five years from now, um, what work do you want to be doing and what progress do you want to have made? I think I want to focus a lot on applying my skills either into like progressing research forward. So whether that's like deep tech, um, really going deep into like AI and robotics and understanding like a technical barrier that exists today and just going really deep into that and trying to tackle that. Or I think applying that that research into a problem that's really important. Um, and I think something that's very large scale and, and has a huge impact. Um, like for me right now, for example, one project that I'm working on that I'm really excited about is like within prosthetics. Um, and that's been my main focus is applying kind of some of the stuff I talked about with Hanson Robotics to prosthetics. But I also think it, it applies to just really all medical assistive, assistive devices, right? It, a lot of them today are very expensive and hard to use. And so I'd love to see if there's like a way for me to even just tackle that pro- problem overall of medical assisted devices and making them much cheaper, much easier to use, more accessible to people. Because um, so I think they're fundamental to our quality of life and the way that we live. So that's something I'd want to work on. But I think bigger picture, I want to either be working with a company that has an interesting kind of mindset or ambition. So few that come to mind or like deep, deep mind or open AI, um, or like just working on my own company that is tackling problems like medical assisted devices, um, or, you know, other kind of fundamental, more, um, 
I guess, infrastructure problems that exist today. Incredibly inspiring. I'm super, super impressed with everything you've done over the past, uh, I don't know, 18, 24 months, Alishba. And I, I just want to say thank you for, you know, giving us your time this Saturday. I, I know you must have a, a number of things on your plate. So I, I appreciate you taking out the time to do this. This was absolutely amazing. Thank you, Alishba. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you again for listening, not just to this episode, but to our entire season. It's been so much fun working on these episodes and interviewing all of these really interesting, smart people. We're going to have all of Elishba's links in our description so you can follow her and keep up with what she's doing. On our end, we're trying to make season two even better and we need your feedback. So if you have any suggestions or comments, reach out to us on social media. All our links are in our description. 